3: Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast, discussing the town up or down since 2015. I'm Rich Woodard and you're tuned into the pre-match show in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. This is the Burton at Home Edition and joining me as always is Seb Brown and a special guest to mark another edition of the Turnstile Blues fanzine. Welcome to Gavin Barber resplendent in your 1992 Ipswich Town Home Show. How are you, Gav?
4: Thank you for having me on. Yeah, this is um, in in the new issue of Turnstile Blues, which we're going to talk about later on. There is a, a an article commemorating, in its own strange way, the 30th anniversary of the 91 uh championship winning season, second division championship winning season. And I managed to find um, a replica shirt that is an, a replica shirt of the time. It's not a it's not a retro re release. It has the contours oh, on the sure. Switch badge and some some slight some slight. Um, Fisher's in the front in the fison's logo if you're interested in detail but
3: so. we won't we won't hold it against you we can't see that on the youtube so you're all good and it's great to have you with us as I we said we'll talk more about 10 star blues shortly um and seb um how are you sir
5: i'm good thank you mate i'm all right the the garden has been prepped for for storm eunice although i think you're gonna get it worse than we are but yeah i'm ready to go for that and i'm ready to go for go for burton at home so yeah looking forward to the weekend
3: is there any symbolicness behind the shirt behind you
5: It was a nil-nil draw, wasn't it, against uh, Burton about three (laughs) days before the Norwich game? Yeah, the Luke Chambers' very late game. So I think we all thought we'd kind of batter Burton and go into the Norwich game full of confidence. But I guess also at the Pirelli, it was the Selena free kick, wasn't it, in the 90th-odd minute? And the famous Mick McCarthy, you know, the more you chant for him, he won't be coming on. So, uh, yeah, reliving those two events. Did
4: did Mick McCarthy just join the podcast? It was amazing.
5: Uncanny. He can do Paul Cook and I can do a budget Yorkshireman.
3: And uh, that was the game of shall we pick the team for you, <laughs> um, which I am claiming I started. So because um, I think I did. So I'm that's one of my proud moments of sarcasm towards a former manager. Uh, let's jump into the news. And first things first, um, a, a frustrating weekend um, last weekend for ITFC women away at Crawley Tunnel Up and match abandoned due to poor conditions. Um, we've got an update on the rescheduled match for that and the big um, news ahead of the Southampton FA Cup game next weekend. Um, let's go and have a chat with Kieran Stanley from ITFC Women. Uh, joining us as always, um, Kieran Stanley from ITFC Women. Kieran, you guys have had a hell of a few weeks, haven't you? How are you, first and foremost?
2: Yeah, doing well, thanks, Rich. Um yeah, I think I'm, I'm starting to feel the effects of um, spending too much time in the rain. Um, I feel like a bit of man flu might be coming on. Um, yeah, we've we've, uh, we've had a little bit of bad luck over the last couple of weeks where we can't seem to catch a break with it, whether it be to do with pitches or weather or or whatever it's been. Um, but yeah, um, back in the dry now, thankfully. Um, <laughs> when you're stood in that situation, you think it's never going to end. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to another week ahead.
3: Yeah, I mean, we'll briefly talk about Crawley, obviously 2 nil up. And yeah, we won't drill too much into that situation. Kind of felt a bit harsh on the girls. Another away trip, you know, two hours, I think. Is it there or thereabouts for that? Yeah, roughly, yeah. Taking the lead. And yeah, it was just one of those where you kind of feel um, just frustration. And, and because the last few weeks have been really tough for the girls as well. And we talked about MK Dons, didn't we? Um, and you kind of thought, oh, boom, we're back in it. You know, 2 nil up. That's great. And what us following on Twitter is kind of like brilliant, back to it, back on, you know, back at the level that we were we were we set ourselves this season and then obviously conditions intervene. But it sounds like um you were gonna have a weekend off, but that might not be the case now.
2: Yeah, so they have rearranged the fixture for this weekend. Uh, both teams were were due to have a weekend off. Um so I think it's the most natural thing to do. Um they they've also changed the venue because I'm not sure with the storms that we've been having in the uk this week um that we would have um potentially had the game go ahead if it was on another grass surface or even in the same the same venue as before so yeah we're, we're playing crawley again this weekend it's at the uh, camping world community stadium in horsham uh, it's a little bit further down from where we played the other day in hawley um but i've had a look online to be fair it's not bad little ground it's a 3g surface so there shouldn't be any risk of an abandonment and um Yeah, we've just got to go down there again and essentially just pick up where we left off. I know, obviously, the score gets reset to nil-nil and we have to play the whole game again. Um, But if we play like we did the other day, I would say that was up there with, you know, one of our better performances in recent times. I think for for a surface that was incredibly wet and sloppy, we played some beautiful stuff. We nearly scored one of the goals of the season in the first half in terms of a team move. So to be able to play that level of football on on a wet surface was was really good we played we played well and if we can play like that again this weekend on on a much better drier surface I'd like to think we're going to come away with the three points. Fingers crossed Um, one player who
3: might probably won't be making it um, but who we um, are very fond of obviously on Blue Monday is Lucy O'Brien worth plugging uh, another great interview with one of the team they speak so well Kieran Is is that your can you take any credit for that or is it they're just a great team
2: yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, no, they're, they're fantastic. Um, you know, I, I've always said to them that, you know, the more they expose themselves to in terms of media, the better, because so many of them have aspirations to go and play at the elite level of the game. And as you progress through the pyramid and get to the top, then, of course, the media attention is going to keep growing and growing. So by exposing them to to podcasts, radio interviews, pre and post-batch with, uh, with myself and, and all kinds of things like that, It'll only benefit them in the long run, and and Lucy's one of a number of players that are excellent when it comes to doing media. So, um, yeah, I've, uh, I've I've watched it, Rich. It was very good. Well done, and um, yeah, I'm pleased for Lucy as well to get her uh, get her out there, and so people know what she's about because she's a very um, you know talented up and coming player that's going to be um, very much in in the spotlight in the years to come.
3: Yep. Definitely an exciting prospect. Um, another thing that's an exciting prospect for two weeks' time is Southampton in the FA Cup. All the details were announced Stay for tickets, but you're going to talk us through them now, aren't you? Um, we're mm-hmm. going to gather at the Gold Star. We're going to flock to Felix. Though those are the hashtags that I'm, I'm trying to get training. It's not working. It's a good effort. It's a good I effort. Tried.
2: It's not quite as punchy as Pack Out PR, um, mm. but you know that's that you can't do anything about that. Obviously, our ground name is different, but. Yeah, uh, we, re- we announced the ticket information uh, on Thursday. Um, so for the first time uh, you, in, I assume this is the first time in history uh, that we've done this, we've actually uh, provided advanced tickets for the fixture. Um, so thanks to Gavin Preston, um, who's the ticketing manager at Ipswich Town, um, for putting this together and um, so we you can purchase your tickets on ITFC tickets as you would for single game tickets for the men's fixtures it's on on the list of, of fixtures on the website um, you can buy them in advance you can either have them pr- uh, posted to you or you can print them at home um, so if you want to secure tickets in advance of the fixture which we re- recommend that you do because the demand is likely to be very high um, you can do so get yourself secured, ready for next weekend. Um, Tickets will be available on the day as well. We do anticipate, um, but, you know, better not to to run the risk of it, it, you know, potentially selling out and you left being disappointed. So, yeah, I would definitely say go ahead, book online, take advantage of uh, the ITFC ticket service and, uh, and get involved with what's likely to be an absolutely incredible game. I mean, the first time... You know, it'd be the first time for us to reach the quarterfinals if we get through. I think it's a great advert for women's football that a third-tier team is guaranteed to reach the the last eight. Um, And, of course, us and Southampton have had two very good battles already this season and going toe-to-toe in the league. So I think it's going to be hotly contested. I think it'll be really, really tough. Um, But, you know, the the fans can make a massive, massive difference. As we've seen, you know, we are one of the best-supported women's women's clubs in the country – uh, you, you see, on on the men's side of things, you know, twenty thousand plus at Portman Road every Saturday. It's nearly seven thousand going to MK Dons. This football club has a phenomenal fan base, and you know, we want to try and tap into that. We want to try and encourage people to come down and watch another another team that belongs to the club. Um, you know, because I you know I feel like the girls deserve that. They will thrive off that atmosphere and that environment. So if we can try and get a record crowd down there on the twenty seventh of February, that would be amazing because you know, that could that could make a real difference in terms of seeing us progress into the last eight.
3: Yeah, and Lucy said as much as well. We we spoke to her about that, and it was clear that, you know, the, the team really valued that support. And it, when the margins are so tight against Southampton, as, as we know um, from previous experience, um, a big crowd, a partisan crowd behind um, the Tractor Girls will make all the difference. So, yeah, wow. do get
2: involved. What I would say is, you know, two and a half years ago, we had our record crowd at the time of 761 come and watch us play Norwich in an East Anglia and Derby. And the atmosphere was absolutely phenomenal. And the girls just said they just felt that energy um, of that night, of of the crowd just driving them on. And, you know, if we can get over a thousand people to this game and hit into four figures, that would be absolutely amazing. And that would make... A huge huge difference and, and and we can almost be like a figurehead for for women's football in the east region but also in the south because you know our attendances are consistently up there as one of the highest in the women's national league and if if town fans you know really want to make a difference we can really push this and and we can make a name for ourselves as the best supported club in the country i think so you know I'm i'm really keen to push this as hard as we can get a big crowd down there and hopefully the girls deliver on the day and we'll get into the last eight
3: yeah fingers crossed absolutely um a week i'm sure of plenty of um twitter pr and, and all that kind of stuff we'll be getting involved as well ourselves um itfcwomen.co.uk for the website itfc.co.uk um the, the new story up there that i quickly put up for um those watching on youtube i'll just quickly do that again with all the details there and as you said go to the itfc tickets website it's there um and it at ITFC women is it for the twitter
2: That's it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be, uh, we'll be building up to this quite a lot next week, of course, um, because it's a, it's a pretty big fixture for us. So um, yeah, plenty of things going on in, in the next week or so.
3: Yeah, plenty to get excited about. Get involved. If you've been waiting for a trip to Felixstowe, there could be no better game um, than this one here. And hopefully um, the start of a lot more people getting involved in watching a team that is definitely deserving of wider support from our fan base and and beyond as well. So, Kieran, um, all the best for the rearrangement on Sunday. Wish the team all the very best. And we'll no doubt speak with you and or some of the team, hopefully, next week and be keeping an eye on all the build-up to the big one on the 27th.
2: Thanks, Rich. Appreciate it.
3: Guys, are you able to make it to Southampton, or are you just um, sending good vibes, positive vibes, from wherever you are next weekend? We're in Morecambe, aren't we, the day before, Seb? So,
5: yeah, Unlike yeah, if... we, we won't be
4: down there, but supporting from afar, as always.
3: Gav, have you got to um, see ITFC women yet this season?
4: I've seen them twice. Yeah, I wish I'd been able to see them more. I saw them at the Gold Star ground earlier in the season, saw a 1-0 win against Cardiff, saw them at a ground that's the most local to me, which is um, Oxford United. The ground is actually Oxford City, uh, is where Oxford United women play. Um, unfortunately, that was just before Christmas and that was that was the only game that we've lost in the league. This season 3 1, yeah. which was a little bit disappointing and um even more concerning the Oxford United women, um who I have been, you know, also watching for a few years, um, are now are now um right up behind us in the league table. Uh could have could could have gone above us the other night if they if their game at Hanslow hadn't been called off. Um but I'm I'm, I'm definitely what I've definitely got in my calendar is the league game against Southampton in early April.
3: Yeah, that's going to be a, a cracker, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that FA Cup tie next weekend is definitely a precursor to the big one in the league. Um, and ITFC Women features heavily in the new issue of Turnstar Blue, which you're here to tell us about. If I put the um front cover on there, people will know what I mean. There, um, yeah, tell us about that. Um, some big interviews.
4: Yeah, thanks, Rich. So um, uh, our colleague Matt Makin uh, has got an interview with Bonnie Horwood and Blue Wilson, uh, two leading Tractor Girls. That was done by uh, by Zoom a, f- a few weeks ago, and they've been really generous with their time and their insight. I know that Lucy O'Brien and others have been on this show, um, but it, it's uh, it's great to see the profile of the women's team being raised through through uh, outlets like this, Turnstar Blues, other forms of social media. Uh, and the interview that Matt's done with them, I think... Uh, I hope people enjoy reading it and I think what it shows really very sincerely is how much they enjoy playing for this club. Um, these are, these, these are um, you know, um, particularly in Bonnie's case, people who are used to playing at a higher level, um, but they really, really enjoy playing at this club and there's, there's, there's something special. Going on here, and it's really, really good to be uh, a part of that. And for those of us who are um, getting into it, as as, um, as an increasing number of Ipswich Town fans are, uh, to be uh, to be present at the start of what feels like something very special.
3: Yeah, it's definitely uh, we've talked about, it, as you say, plenty of times on this show. It feels like something that is deserving of our backing. The quality, of the football there, the but the eloquence, the determination when you hear from the players is is really great to buy into and makes you proud to be an Ipswich fan doesn't it so um, um, great to hear from them um, in this edition um, what else can we look out for um, and tell us also where we can buy it as well
4: so what else is in this issue is uh, as uh, briefly trailed earlier a 30th anniversary piece uh, relating to the 91-92 second division championship season uh, that's actually an exclusive extract from the diary of a 17-year-old fanzine editor of the time uh, Stu market name that, that you know you might you, you, you might be lodged in the recesses of your brain but um Stu, Stu's, uh, given us an exclusive extract from his from his diary of 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 the era um we've also got uh with seeing as, uh again the, there's been a managerial change in the men's team between issues of Turnstile Blues. We've got uh, a look at from Rob Freeman at uh, how Kieran McKenna's early tactics are shaping up, and in particular how that's brought the best out of, or in, it seems uh, at the early stages to be bringing the best out of Jano Danaskian in a back three in particular. Uh, sorry, spo- sorry, Rob, spoiler your piece there. <laughs> um, Steve Steve Moore as uh, as has heroically looked back over the Paul Cook era. Uh, because nobody else wanted to do Whoa. that um, but he's he's he has endured that pain for the rest of us and then looking out more broadly at the world of football indeed the world of sport uh, we've got some uh, uh, a review of a uh, uh, michael holdings book um um uh, why we kneel how we rise which you might be familiar with uh grant beige has explained how uh, the 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 learning the experiences that michael holding a uh, cricket legend talks about is applicable to our experience as football fans and indeed as ipswich fans he's even found a, a a Suffolk link with Michael Holding which is pretty impressive uh, mm-hmm. and it's uh, on, on similar vein, um, Stu Hellingsworth has written um, about the cost of living, the issues with that everyone's experiencing with the cost of living at the moment uh, and how that is likely to affect people's uh, ability to, to come to football. Uh, that is, that is going to be an increasing issue over, over coming months. Stu has also written um, a, a highly conceptual poem um, but don't let that um, uh, put you off uh, buying the issue, which uh, to answer your other question, Rich will be available at Portman Road. This Saturday for the game against Burton Albion, we'll be selling from one thirty around the ground. Uh, the near Sir Ralph statue is the best place to find us, but we will be in other places as well. If you can't make it to the ground, there are a limited number of copies available via eBay. If you go to our social media, Turnstile underscore blue is the Twitter handle, uh, then you can find out how to get those.
3: Turnstile underscore blue. And any chance of any sneak copies being sold from the Greyhound or is it just head to Portman
4: Road? I think that that that's largely contingent on the on the supply chain. I mean, post Brexit, okay. who who knows how that how that works? Just in but, time uh, The latest that. we heard is that the yeah the hard copies are available. They will be delivered to the the plan is they will be delivered to the Greyhound. Uh, so if uh, like like uh, all uh, um, right thinking Ipswich fans are, you're going to be in the Greyhound for uh, for your, your pre match pint or lunch. Then if you're there. One o'clockish thereabouts, then uh, then you might be able to get a, an exclusive copy from from one of us. Matt will probably offer to sign it. Just just ignore <laughs> that. That's, well, that's, yeah. Don't 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 enable that sort of behaviour. It's you know. It's,
3: I, I hear that he's got a bum bag with signed photos in now, like Warnock. So, um, you know, I, I, I he That's deserves right. it. You know, yeah. if it's a good interview, then maybe I'll get him to sign that as well. Great stuff, and yeah, if you're not the greyhound for your pre-match, where else are you, frankly? So, yeah um meet the folks either at the greyhounds for the possibility let's not commit just in case but certainly Portmore road for one thirty um at the sir ralph ramsey statue um the great team at turnstile blues doing fantastic work as always and at an eye-watering price in a good way as well so um plenty of good stuff there to sink your teeth into i'm sure um during half time debates about the nil nil draw that we've just seen for the first 45 minutes spoiler alert um in other bits and pieces of news, interesting to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um, Ipswich Town and the um, Her Game 2 campaign uh, announced the link up this week. Um, and um, there's a match, I think. Seb, you can tell us about that in a second. Um, but the campaign is around raising awareness of sexist abuse and misogyny surrounding football and making um, uh, f- attending football matches much of a much more safer environment um for female supporters. So obviously this is fantastic news. Um and Seb, you know, this is something as as men that we probably don't think about. We had Francine from Rainbow Tractors. This is just probably a lot of the issues here, you know, there's definitely a minority as there always is, which is going to make life difficult for everyone. But even subconsciously, I'm sure at times male supporters just don't think about their actions or how they what they are saying has effects. And these campaigns are really important to bring that home
5: absolutely yeah like you said we're probably all slightly guilty of it completely unconsciously but uh but what a great campaign and what a great thing for the club to become to become involved with we've got a few quotes haven't we from the founder uh, the her game two founder Kaz May she's told the club site it's fantastic to have a club the size of Ipswich Town on board with the her game two campaign sexist abuse and misogyny surrounding football has always been a big problem so one of our biggest aims is to build a safer space for all female supporters we're delighted we can work in partnership with Ipswich Town to raise awareness and create a safe space for female staff and supporters at portman road another great example isn't it of the club you know reaching out being proactive getting involved in campaigns and and absolutely right like you said we had the rainbow laces two three weeks ago and this is another example of a a great initiative by the club
3: yeah, Turnstile Blues is generally um, quite proactive in agitating for for change and awareness of issues such as this. So presumably, you guys are fully buying this as well.
4: Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's it's really great news. We've seen a lot of other clubs sign up for this, um, and uh, we were really pleased. We were all, I think, um, the vast majority of Ipswich fans would, including Turnstile Blues, were really pleased to see uh, this week's announcement that Ipswich Town had. Had joined up. It is, it is an increasing movement, and it's a really important movement. And as as Seb rightly said a minute ago, this is this is all about making sure that everybody feels welcome in 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 the ground and and included and not threatened. And um, I um, took a, a, a slightly nervous dip into the world of social media when uh, I saw that this had been announced. Um, y- you know, it's always dangerous to read the bottom half of the internet, but I was genuinely interested to see what people were saying uh, in response to the club announcing this on Twitter this week. And I think the, the headline issue is that it, it's 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 really encouraging that so many clubs have signed up. It's super encouraging that Ipswich have signed up and reflects well on uh, the new ownership. Um, and I think it was very encouraging to see that the vast majority of responses were supportive lots of people saying this is great this is great this is great but you know this is about raising awareness and raising issues and some of some of the replies um, were along the lines of that's fine so long as um, we can still sing the Delia chant and, yeah. and that for me highlights why that highlights why this is important because because if, if people who think that they're not doing anything wrong are saying, I support this, but I still want to sing um, a song about the female owner of another club, which uh, includes some highly sexist, highly misogynist terminology, then that that is the problem that we need to solve. By joining campaigns like this, hopefully, we can be we as a club and as a supporter base can be part of the solution and not part of the problem. But I do think we have to, you know, uh, you know, I know you've you've had discussions on the pod before about uh, about certain chants, and I think we have to be upfront about this. So it is important to raise these issues. They're difficult conversations. You know, it's 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 encouraging to see these conversations having it happening at a number of clubs. Actually, you probably saw there was a report that came out last week from Tottenham Hotspur about the use of the Y word. And that's and, and that and that's similar. It's a really difficult conversation to have with supporters for a club for a club to say, we know why you want to sing that, but we don't want you to sing that. And those are the sorts of conversations that, that are triggered by campaigns like this. And I think it's really important in the context of that particular song, which is one that a lot of Ipswich fans find problematic to say the least, but still keeps getting sung. So I hope that by joining her game too we can start to have these conversations and move away from that that um sort of um expression
3: yeah really well put gav yeah absolutely right and oh, there's always going to be a feeling of uncomfortableness with certain people about certain things and and unfortunately some of these topics and we've, we've you know i know francine from rainbow tractors came on here and spoke to us last week and then had to put a message out on her socials um, talking about some of the stuff that they've had to get involved in because people reacted in a certain way and and sadly at the moment, there's football supporters, you know, nationwide, are not really shedding a good light on, on themselves with certain actions on the pitch as well as off it as well. So, these are important conversations. We want to make Portman Road as welcoming a place as as we can do for everyone, um, and this is just a, a big part of that as well. So, I'm fully behind that. Um, Maddie Reader is the ITFC ambassador. We're hoping to speak to her at some point as well. Um, and Seb, did you mention before? There's a game that's um, that there they... is
5: yeah a dedicated weekend yeah. so the Cambridge at home game and the Southampton uh, at the Gold Star on the Sunday. So it's the weekend of the second and third of April. That's a dedicated her game two weekend. So two great matches back to back for the for the men and for the ladies on the on the, on the Sunday. So get yourself down to both games and let's help some spread some awareness of this great this great initiative.
3: Yep, good stuff. Right, guys, let's talk about Burton. I think that's possibly the the most passionate and energetic someone has ever said that phrase. I'm pretty certain (laughs) of that. Um, Yeah, Burton Albion on the weekend um, for Ipswich Town. Um, Seb, give us the state of play with where Burton find themselves in the league at the moment
5: so Burton are absolutely slap bang in the middle of the table sitting in 12th position on 43 points played 32 won 12 drawn 7 and lost 13 they've scored 41 goals and they've conceded 41 goals so when you see those kind of numbers that explains why they are absolutely slap bang in the middle of the table slightly below us they're very much a home kind of team the vast majority of their points come at the Pirelli I assume it's still called the Pirelli Uh, 28 of their 43 points have come at home only 15 points away which is sort of the 16th in the in the league table so very much a a, a home side and not that great away. Yeah.
3: And th- I mean, there's other stats around that Their their are ex- XG as in their expected goals that they score away from home is about 1.34, which is again, 11th, pretty average. Um, actually, I, I, I kind of looked into it because obviously we try to find a, a, an away lean for the stats when we're playing teams at home and our home XG is only 1.2. I mean, that's, you look at our recent record at home, one goal margins or nil nils and so on. So, um, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about Burton, but that's a stat that probably Kieran McKenna will want to improve on. Um, their expected goals against away is 1.68, so that gives us hope that maybe we can improve on that 1.2. Um, form in the last six games, again, pretty average, right? Um, 16th in the form table over the last six. Two wins, one draw, and three defeats. Um, Last time out, Seb... I mean, they, this caught everyone by surprise, didn't it, they, midweek? It
5: did, didn't it? Yeah. They played on Tuesday night against Bolton and they were three nil up after eighteen minutes. But before that, they'd only won one out of their last sort of five games. So, you know, it was a and Bolton were very much on an, an upward trajectory, weren't they? So it's a uh, yeah, quite a surprising result. They uh as I said, three nil up after eighteen minutes. Joe Powell, the chap that scored against us back in August, opened the scoring. Uh the centre well, right back slash centre backs, John Brayford scored a couple from set pieces, and then um Bolton pulled a goal back in the 94th minute. But yeah, pretty a pretty comfortable victory. And Hasselbank after the game was was pretty happy with the with the performance as as you would be because they haven't been in great form. And, and Bolton are very much team on the up. But I guess that just shows the, the craziness of League One, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, and the last time against us, um, Gav, do you remember the Paul Cook era? Um it was it wasn't so long ago, but I kind of like <laughs> no, a lot of <laughs> previous regimes definitely tackle my mind. Mm. This two-one defeat um back in August. Mm. Do you remember much about that? And in your thoughts about us at that time it was very up and down wasn't it
4: it was very up and down I think back in August we were still entertaining the notion that that Paul Cook's new team would uh, would would click at some point weren't we uh and um, that away defeat at Burton was um something that um a lot of us probably including me tried to tried to rationalize but it soon became <laughs> clear that that where this was this was the 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 norm but they're an they're an interesting side aren't they um Burton. We've um, we've played against them a few times over the years, including at, at championship level. I um I'm always uh, there's two things that always surprise me about Burton. One is how far it is from Burton Town Centre to the Pirelli, because it doesn't feel like Burton could be that big, but it, it apparently it is. Um and all, it still surprises me that um, that Nigel Clough is not the manager of Burton. That uh, I can't I can't really get used to that. That's that's a, a processing thing that if, you know I'll, I'll see Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank walking out on Saturday and I'll be like, no no no, that's wrong. No, you've got that wrong. That's not <laughs> that's not the guy. Um, but I I I um I do rate Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as a manager actually. I think he's quite underrated. I think he's always he's always done wherever he's been. I think he's done better than expected. He's done above par. He's 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 he's, he's not kind of like. Um, Done a Chris Wilder and kind of blasted his way through the divisions, but he's always he's always done all right. And I think th- I think he's um he probably deserves a bit more credit as a manager. And to have to have a club the with the budget of Burton in the, this league, given the uh, the size of the other clubs in it, I think is is pretty impressive. So I think it'll be a tough game on Saturday.
3: Yeah, I mean, I always I guess if I'm a Burton fan, I probably sometimes pinch myself thinking my Premier League. Um, goal scorer extraordinaire Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank is managing my team. It's the second spell at Burton. Seb, talk to us about um, his record there.
5: Um, the job he did last year when he came back was phenomenal he took over on January the 1st 2021 so 14 months ago now they were gone they were bottom of the league I think they were 8 points adrift they played 2 games more than the team uh, in 20th position and they went on this incredible run of, of 44 points from 72 games and finished comfor- uh, sorry 44 points out of a possible 72 and finished comfortably in 16th so yeah like Gav was saying I think he's a really really talented manager really really good manager and um, and and you know to have a team, like Gav said, of, of Burton's budget comfortably year in, year out in mid-tables speaks wonders to the job that he does there. Yeah, it was um, QPR
3: in Northampton in between the two spells of Burton.
5: Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Westburn's running down the wing. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times. delivery fee In terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
1: on 116-123. That's 116-123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
3: Um, in terms of what to expect, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about kind of how average most of the metrics are that we can find to talk about them. Um, 41 goals scored, as you mentioned isn't particularly good. Um, the amount of goals they score away from home isn't impressive. they thirteen goals um, are away is the twentieth best in the division. Thirteen point three shots per game is is okay. Um, slightly less away from home, and, and yeah, I mean, but the the kind of stark thing really that jumps out in terms of the way they create goals is they've got the joint third most goals from set pieces um, in the division, and that was so important <laughs> on Tuesday against Bolton and it's, and it's not even, um, I guess we, we like to talk about phases. It's not even the first phase of a set piece because even the third goal came from a defensive clearance from a corner that fell. I think it was, um, who's the left wing back Seb? Um,
5: it's William Williams Cagolo. I think it is. Cagolo. Yeah. Yeah, Which,
3: we, But that resulted from a Joe Powell corner in the first place. So this isn't a team that's going to pass us to death. 453 percent possession on average is the eighteenth best. Accuracy not great, even lower again away from home, which isn't to be, you know, isn't too much of a surprise. But these set pieces, guys. You know, Gav, we've seen the League One teams um, who rely solely on set pieces to get where they are, and, and I, I guess I don't want to damn Burton a little bit here, but this is a strategy that seems to work, particularly against teams like. Ipswich and Sunderland and others.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And like like you say, we you know we've we we've, we've said that um Burton are arguably punching above their weight to be mid table in in this division and that's 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 what you've got to do, isn't it? Is to make the most of what you've got. And you know, we've we've seen um, we've seen Wickham um, make the most of, of, of extremely limited resources over the years and you've you've got to be you've got to be pragmatic and you know as as you say, Rich, there are you know teams like Ipswich, Sunderland, Portsmouth, etc. Um, they have, uh, we have a status that that makes us think that, that you know that that we should be strong teams in this league. That we should um, that um, we should be looking upwards and to get out of it. Which of course we are. But at the end of the day, you're in League One for a reason, and you know your your, your defenders are equally as vulnerable to set pieces as anyone else is. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is something to be careful of. I think, you know, as Ipswich fans, we'd, well, probably most football fans, but certainly Ipswich fans, we'd, we'd have got used to being nervous about conceding corners and free kicks over the years. Um, I, 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 would, um, I would like to say that the defensive setup that Kieran McKenna's got in place um, perhaps makes us less so, but it's very early days to be tempting fate. Like that, uh, but I do think I do think it'll be a tight game on, on, on Saturday. And you, you referenced the Paul Cook here earlier, and um, one one thing I noticed um, uh, f- is that um, Burton are very much a second half team. You know, they, they, yeah. they score a lot of gold in the second half. And uh, under our last manager, we were exceptionally adept at conceding goals in the second half, particularly at home yeah. and giving away leads. So, you know, if, fingers crossed, if, if we can, you know, grind out a win on Saturday and avoid um, being worn down by those late goals from set pieces or any other way, then hopefully it might uh, show us that, we've, that we're genuinely starting to make progress under Kieran McKenna.
3: Yeah, I mean, the stats on that... Um second half versus first half situation it's 1.03 points per game for their first half kind of contribution in terms of points which is the 20th if the league table was kind of split into a, a first half and a second half so pretty lousy and then fourth in the second half league table 1.56 points per game in the second half which is something crazy there but there are defensive stats seb that give us some cause for optimism aside from just the league table in the you know this isn't um, an mk Dons that we're talking about here but um there are frailties
5: there are yeah only, only six clean sheets so far all season which is the 16th worst in the league 41 goals conceded like we said at the start which is 1.3 per game they've conceded 21 goals away from home so they are susceptible like you said the the xg was 1.68 against expected goals against away from home wasn't it so hopefully we can uh, we can fill our shooting boots on saturday aerials they've won 27.1 overall which is pretty decent that's that's third in the league that's pretty good uh, aerials away slightly lower at 26.9 percent
3: and the, this is a team that also likes to mix it up as well, um, disciplinary wise.
5: Yeah, fifty nine yellows and four reds, three of which were in away games. Is the seventh worst in the league, so they don't mind. I guess, like we, like like Gav was saying, you know, set pieces, long throws. We'll come on to Tom Hammer in a minute. Um, they they don't mind mixing stuff up to try and bring things to their their kind of you know make it an even playing field, should we say?
3: In terms of style of play, I mentioned that you know the possession stats aren't great. Um, in terms of Accurate long balls and accurate long balls. I've kind of went nerdy this afternoon and went searching. I mean, there are no stats that give any any credence to the fact that they're a good possession team, either by going long or by going short. So expect. Um, I think that the the load on the halfway line and pressing forward, they quite like to win the ball back in our, in the opposition's half. So that's something to look out for. But they're not a counter attacking team either. So I, I'm just not sure really how this team creates the goals and I think away from home that's that's the factor here so the set pieces are critical we've talked about that um and the personnel there's been a bit of a change around here do you want to talk us through some of the some of the ins and outs set
5: yeah, they were quite busy, weren't they, surprisingly? And and breaking news tonight, as we record on Thursday night, they've they've added a free agent as well, so we'll come on to that later. But in terms of the ins, they've had Gassan Ademi joined from Norwich, he's a he's a striker. Uh Williams Lagogo that we mentioned earlier, he's coming from Borough, who's sort of a left a left attacker slash left wing back. Harry Chapman's coming on loan from, from Blackburn, he's a right winger. Uh, Matich Kovar is coming from Man United to provide backup to the, uh, the 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 likely starter Ben Garrett. He's just simply a, a bench option to provide a bit of cover. And they've signed Christian Sadie as well on loan from Bournemouth, who is a, a a forward player, and I think he started against Bolton in midweek as well. And then in terms of outs, they were they were quite active as well. We all know Lucas Aikins. He finally left after 350 odd appearances and eight years at Burton to join Mansfield. Uh, Kieran Wallace went to Mansfield as well. Kieran O'Hara was a goalkeeper. He was the backup goalkeeper to Garrett he went out to Fleetwood Kane Hemmings was a striker who went to Trammere uh, Michael Bostwick went to Stevenage you know they, they were quite active and a, a load of youngsters kind of went out as well so they were uh, they were active in the window and tonight they've signed Omar Nias who at one point went to to Everton for 13.5 million quid but he's not played for a couple of years we'll come on to him and we discuss the striking options um, but yeah another another late addition today.
3: Yeah, thirty-five league appearances, only which only twelve of those starts for Everton, eight goals. But yeah, we'll talk about him um, and his potential inclusion in there. Um, Gav, I mean, in terms of that business, um, and we kind of saw similar with MK Dons last week. A lot of loans, which I guess isn't to be you know, isn't a, too much of a surprise at this level. A few undisclosed. Um, kind of cheap signings there. But a lot of young players coming in there, 21, 21, 24, 21, 19. And then Seb mentioned Aikens leaves, Kieran Wallace, 27, Kane Hemmings, 30, um, Michael Bosworth, 33. Is there is there a sense for you, maybe that there's a changing of the guard? What's, what's your reading of that bit of business for you?
4: Yeah, that's right. January is an interesting time to do it. Sort of um, turnover that you might normally expect in the summer. And I think Seb um, highlighted Lucas Aikens as a player, that we're used to seeing uh, play for Burton against us down the years. So um, I um, wouldn't claim to be an expert on how Burton fans feel about things, but I imagine that that felt like quite a significant moment uh, for, for Lucas Aikens to be moving on because he's he's certainly been very dependable for them down the years. I mean, I think it's it's sort of um, we you know we we um, talked up Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank as a manager earlier. Uh, and you know, for me, that probably shows that he's, he's, he's um, someone who does have an eye on the on the future. Um, he, he's, he's obviously pragmatic in his in his style of play for the reasons we discussed. But he's also someone that knows that Burton are never going to be a club that will improve their squad by going out and splashing half a million quid uh, on someone. They have they they have they have to renew, uh, and they they have to bring in uh, younger players as. as, as um, uh, um, Three of those five that have come in uh, are on loan, so uh, there's there's a bit of a gamble there, and we you know we know. From painful experience, uh, how um, unsettling it can be to be overly, overly reliant on on loan players. Um, but yeah, I think it will it will uh, says something about Jimmy Floyd Hasselbanks um, bravery as a as a manager to be moving those dependable figures on, and no doubt their their big presence is in the dressing room as well, in favour of, of some who are younger. Uh, we we as Ipswich fans can but hope can but hope that they take a little while to settle in, uh, yeah. and that maybe we can take advantage on Saturday.
3: Yeah, a bit of inexperience. Um, Guess who Lucas Aiken's new manager is? By the way, it's Nigel Clough. At Mansfield, Mansfield.
4: Nigel Nigel Clough, of course.
3: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seb, talk us through formations and personnel.
5: So, when, when he came back and when he was in charge, sort of the first time round he was kind of very much a 4 2 3 1 kind of guy. Um, but in October, they changed to a, a back 3 slash back 5 system, and they've stuck with it ever since. It kind of evolved from a sort of a 3 4 3 uh, to now it's more sort of a 3 4 1 2. They kind of play one midfielder, slightly advanced behind the front two, but it will definitely be a 3 at the back with kind of wing backs. I guess how far those wing backs decide to push up against the likes of, uh, yeah, you think it'll be a back 5, don't you? Uh, how far those wing backs like to push up against the likes of, of, uh, of, of Burns and, and Thompson I guess will remain to be seen but expect them to line up with uh, with Garrett in goal Ben Garrett like we mentioned earlier 32 appearances so he's never present so far this season with six clean sheets the centre backs like to be Connor uh started off as a central midfielder very much a defensive central midfielder but he's dropped back into the left centre back position recently he's got three goals and two assists in 30 appearances so far this season Sam Hughes has joined on loan uh, sorry permanently after a few loan spells from Leicester he's made seven appearances one goal and one assist and then the, the center of the of the back three we're a bit unsure you think Ryan Leak will come in uh, 14 starts he tends to sit a bit deeper so a bit of a almost like a sweeper but John Brayford did score twice there from from that position against Bolton on Tuesday night he's not a, a center back by trade but he's kind of filling in there and doing okay but he is 34 years old so I guess the question will be can he manage sort of you know two games in relatively quick succession uh, but given his age potentially will we'll come on to the town team is there a chance that you know he might be a bit it's susceptible to uh, to Jackson's pace as well.
3: Yeah, Brayford can play right back and I think can play midfield if needed as well. Yeah, I get what you mean that off the back of a two goal midweek. Um, but
5: I, I think he stays. I think he'll start. Yeah, in the
3: you're probably the three. right. I, I just like round pegs, round holes kind of situation there. And Ryan Lee is obviously an orthodox centre back. But yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and then there's some real kind of attacking threat and um, big name possibly missing. For the weekend, and Cameron Borthwick Jackson. who Yeah,
5: he, so, he suffered concussion. I'll road. be honest, I'm, I'm not. I can't remember what the concussion rules are. I don't know if it's based. Is it a time scale Is it a ten day thing or I a two it was 10 week days. thing? Yeah, I thought it was ten days. In which case, he, he should be missing in theory. Um, summed off with concussion, um, missed the Bolton game, so in theory, he won't be playing. Which means Williams Cagolo will will start in the left wing back kind of position, like we said earlier. Joined from Middlesbrough permanently in the January window. Seven appearances, one goal, and no assists yet. And the right wing back, I've realised I said Tom Hammer earlier, didn't yes. I? Tom Tom Hammer. I'm assuming. Hamer. Uh, Hamer, okay. He can also cover left wing back. He's the guy who's got the long throw options. He yeah. likes to get forward. If you see his heat map, he does like spending a bit of time in the opposition's half. He's got one goal and two assists from 32 appearances so far this season, so he'll be nailed on to be the right wing back option.
3: And um, who's the guy that they... I think he signed from Charlton, possibly, who's been missing?
5: You did who's this on purpose, he... aren't you? So I've got to try and pronounce the name. It's, it's Paul Hurst's <laughs> much coveted Deji Oshiala yeah okay. decent yeah um, I remember Paul Hurst going for him in the in the window and we were trying to sign a centre-back right towards the end of the uh we got Matthew Pennington instead didn't we
3: yeah um Joe Powell um Gav is that a name that you are familiar with at this level he's a decent creative central midfielder and did some damage in that defeat as well is that is that a name that you're aware of
4: it's not it's not one that springs to, to mind fun, <laughs> no that's that, that, that that's that's okay um yeah I, I, i've got my uh joe powell revision lined up for, for saturday that's morning fine. but i'll uh
3: you can listen back to the podcast uh, that's uh, all.
4: Uh, apologies for making that yeah yeah <laughs> a, a name that i do recognize from the uh, from midfield area is michael Mancienne. uh yes who's, um uh formerly with chelsea um uh, started his group at Chelsea, one of, one of those players who uh, in championship days we often used to see playing against as well on loan at various clubs. Um, but, uh, yeah, quite, a, quite a, a stellar early career, but now dropping down to this level. And I think it's, you know, we've, we've seen with uh, some of the players that we've brought in, haven't we, Rakeem Harper being an obvious example, that um, um, players who kind of um, learn to play in central midfield with a particular style won't necessarily settle. Into the way that things pan out in League One, uh, so it'd be interesting to see if Mancien plays on Saturday, um, how how him and Morsi um, interact in the centre of the park.
3: <laughs> Indeed, um, and there's not too many options in backup in midfield. Seb, do you want to give us some possibles there? And like I guess what familiar name.
5: You've got Fraser Blake Tracy. He's not a central midfielder. He's a sort of a left-sided kind of player. He's been out for the last two months since November with a, with an injury. He played against Cambridge a couple of weeks ago, uh, sorry, last weekend, and he was a sub on Tuesday night. So I guess potentially he might maybe come in somewhere. Uh, Johnny Smith's got a calf injury. He, he won't be featuring. Jacob Maddox and Terry Taylor have been bench options. They signed a guy called Charlie Lakin from Birmingham in the summer. He was on the bench against Bolton. He's a central midfield kind of option. Danny Rowe, you can still find him if you remember. Danny Rowe, he's still there. Hasn't featured since August. Uh, Hasselbank said he had a couple of offers coming in to go out on loan in January, but for whatever reason, Danny Rowe didn't decide to to go. Um, and they got Thomas O'Connor. Uh, he joined Wrexham, my, my my free spending Wrexham up here. He joined them for five hundred grand, so he's gone out the window as well. So, like you say, not that many options in the in the central midfield area. Uh,
3: it's another, uh, yeah. It's a, I, I think the. I, I chucked in the 500k um, because that's what the internet said um, it was an undisclosed fee but it was a significant one that they couldn't turn down um, but crazy he's dropped two divisions but I guess money talks doesn't look it the look at Paul Mullen, you know, and also you get to live in Wales so.
5: what more could you want
3: yeah, well yeah let's move on um, talk to us about <laughs> Kieran Gilligan.
5: Uh, yeah, he'll be in the attacking midfield. A very young guy, come through the academy there. Only five appearances, no goals and no assists so far this season. He, he tends to like to drift out a little bit to the right-hand side. So we mentioned Barry Bannon, didn't we, a couple of weeks ago with Alan Judge, sort of comparison popping up everywhere. Gilligan does like to pop out to the right-hand side on his heat map. So don't be surprised to see him sort of linking up a little bit with uh, Tom Hamer on the right.
3: And and Harry Chapman's another option, the, the low knee from Blackburn that we talked about. He can He's a, typically a right-winger, but I think he can play in attacking midfield, possibly not number 10. Um, And then, yeah, the two strikers, both January acquisitions, aren't they?
5: Yeah, so both uh, the guy from Norwich came in um, and uh, Sadie from, from Bournemouth. They both started up front against Bolton in midweek. Uh, the guy from Norwich, I had me, he's got 13 appearances, two goals, no assists. Sadie's four appearances, no goals, no assists. He's primarily, to be fair, an attacking midfielder. He's kind of helping them out there. Uh, Aikens is obviously the the big one, the big loss. Um, Hemmings moved on to Tranmere as well. Lewis Moult is coming back to fitness. He missed some spells, but he missed the Bolton game with a knock, so I'm not sure if he's going to be fit or not. Um, Chapman can also cover up front if needed. I guess he could be another option to go through the middle a little bit. They had Daniel Jebberson on loan for the first half of the season from Sheffield United. Uh, he had seven goals in 20 appearances, so they were pretty reliant on him for goals and stuff, but he got recalled. Another example of a, you know, a side's kind of January planning being thrown out the window by a, a club recalling a player. Um, so I, I guess Omar Nias is, is going to be too early to start. Surely he's not played a, a game for nearly two years. So I'm guessing he'll be a bench option, so we'll probably see Ghassan Edmi and Christian Sadie up front, maybe Lewis Malt coming into the side
3: yep. um, Gav the big debate these days when we talk about Ipswich is who the front four will be or the front three mm. sorry yeah the front three sorry um, what's your take for this weekend against an opposition that's probably likely to press us quite high but look to clog things up and what look to pass around us.
4: Yeah, I think uh Caden Jackson was mentioned earlier as an option just because of his his pace getting in in behind if we if we um can if, if we are in a position where we can, you know, we we're, we're being pressed and we can just just get that ball over the top, then obviously Jackson uh, is 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 a good option. Um, you know, obviously um McColey Bon is somebody that um that is still very popular with Ipswich fans for for, for very good reason, but has but has struggled recently. And you you do wonder if either um, bon or Norwood uh, might just might there might just be a um, a kind of too much of an obvious clash between the styles of of play. There, Or when I say clash, I probably mean it, the exact opposite of that. Too much of a blend yeah. between the robust styles of play that um, that would that would cancel each other out. Um, in all honesty, I I think that. Um, Kieran McKenna hasn't yet found the central striker at Ipswich that that suits the, the system he wants he wants to play, uh, and uh, although there are good reasons for rotating that uh, any position in the squad, I think that one in particular is 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 conspicuous. But I do I, I, I do agree with the suggestion earlier that that Jackson could be uh, a cushion in this one, and you know behind I think we you know we we do um. We almost have too much choice. I think if you want somebody who who can unlock a stubborn defence uh, and has the, has the experience to know how to break that down, I would love to see Sonia Luko on that pitch. I, th- I think he's, you know, we've got we've got we've got a lot of options there. But for me, um, I think he 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 just he just has that that combination of still still being quick enough both in the in in the legs and in and then in the head to to outpace and outthink a position. Same. Um, so how about
5: you? Absolutely agree. I, th- I think Aluko, Chaplin and Jackson, for me, would be the front three. I think Jackson's pace can cause problems. I think he deserves it. He played reasonably okay, didn't he, against MK Dons. He did what was required. And it's a, it's a great advert, isn't it, to show all the players, you know, if, you're, if you work hard in training and you, you knuckle down and you impress the new manager, then the door is not closed on anybody here. I think that's a great philosophy and a great message to have. So they would be my front three. And, I, and I'm assuming if Lee Evans is fit, he'd slot straight back in alongside Sam Moores in central midfield score predictions Seb? I'm pretty confident to be honest with you um the, the loss against them earlier in the season was our only loss wasn't it in our history against Burton we've <laughs> yeah. played was it played nine seven of them so I think we'll win I'm going to go for uh another clean sheet because I really like the way this back three is operating at the moment and I think we'll win 2-0. Gav?
4: Our last Saturday home game against Gillingham we were kind of expecting well a lot of us were expecting uh lots of goals and we saw um a team uh, uh, come up and uh, set up very deliberately against a formation that is now starting to get well-known in the division. And I think we can we can expect to see that on, on Saturday. Uh, I am nervous about the, the, the set pieces. So I'm going to go for a nervy 2-1 home win. I'm
3: going to go for a 1-0, guys. There you go, 1-0. Um, we'll f- see what happens on Saturday. The flagship show will be back on Monday morning talking all about the match. Ben... Joe and Craig, I want to say um, for the um, flagship show, you're talking about Burton and um, get your questions or observations in um, via the post-match tweet that we put out in terms of bits and pieces to look out for. Um, We've mentioned earlier in the week, the interview with Lucy O'Brien and um, really excellent to speak to her as sponsored by the blue Monday um, and the friends of blue Monday. So um, a really good interview there um, book club. Our first episode of the book club podcast with Mark Donaldson talking about the Paul Mariner book. Um, also, really enjoyable, um, at least to be part of. And I hope folk will agree with that. And if you've got any other football books that um, you think might lend itself to that kind of same format, then let us know. Um, Don't forget to turn up to the Greyhound for pre-match. Don't forget to buy a 10-star blues. Um, And there is a midweek game next week, so there is a good chance of some kind of live show. Well, there will be a live show. Um, It may be a post-match one, but because it's a home game, Not too sure. But either way, as always, the details of all of our shows and what's going on, Blue Monday, itfc.co.uk. Who is ready to hear some aqua? Me, me, me. me, me, And... Yeah, I mean we can talk about the league table. Here it is for those of you watching on YouTube. Another defeat for me. Um, Seb's going to mention oh, points again. I have per game. I have some questions, yeah. Uh, How can uh, somebody uh, who's got
5: a 50% uh total be below somebody who's got a 25% total? Cuz it's
3: not a metric that I think is 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 relevant and I think
5: oh, okay. if we, if Mass. we dig
3: out if we dig yeah. out the first show we did this, I did say that the percentage gap would be the differentiator there. So, you know, I, when right. you have got the spreadsheet, you can make the rules. That's, that's how I'm going for it. It's not a democracy. Presumably,
5: so. if you lose this week, it'll be gone next week. Yeah, I'm you, not. There'll be a enough. week of, of frantic planning to try and think of another feature.
3: Yeah, or, or creating Twitter accounts to vote for myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this. Well, we did Joe Royal last week. Yeah, Craig's um, Alan Mann um, not signing um, was the winner last week, and we thought there's there's enough. Um, yeah material there to do Joe royal once more and um, Gav is going to get involved in this one as well um do you want to go first Gav, do i or do you want maybe seb to go first and show you the one i'm
4: i'm, I'm, I'm happy to go first if, go for um, it. If, if 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 that if that's good with you guys so uh, for my sliding doors moment in the joe royal era i am taking us back to the 22nd of january 2005. And to a ground that is that is not even loved by its own supporters, which is the Medayski Stadium, in in Reading, uh, I say in Reading. It's it's a, it's by home based on the M4, isn't it? Just off the M4. It's not even not even in in the city of Reading. Um, so January 2005, uh, Joe Rose Ipswich are top of the league. We've got Darren Bent and Shev Kikuchi um, free scoring up front, um, and we go we go to Reading. It's Reading, uh, decent side of the time, managed by uh, Steve Koppel. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a hard-fought game. Uh, Rich, I know, I, I know you were there. Um, I, I certainly remember being there. And uh, good away following as, as ever at Reading. Hard-fought game. Quite even, reading with quite a few decent chances, but but we held out. Uh, and and towards the end, um, in the 90th minute, uh, attacking with Ipswich attacking the uh, the end where the away fans are at the Mideski, um, uh Darren Curry breaks into the, the the nearest he will ever get to a sprint in a in a bit of space. I mean, Darren always looked like he was running into a strong wind, didn't he? Whether whether he was or not, and and uh, and he sort of brought brought the ball forward with that. Um, with 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 that uneasy yet still still quite exciting movement that he did squared it across to Darren Bent who scored it's the 90th minute we're top of the league we've we've we've, we've just um stolen three points uh, in a difficult away game what a time to be alive um reading reading go and kick off straight down the other end corner taken and some guy called Evar Ingenmarson heads home so from from being within maybe three or four minutes of three really important points, uh, we can see that that late equaliser and 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 draw one all, which probably at the time we uh, we we were uh, reasonably pragmatic about. And and you know as 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 we got on the alleged shuttle bus um, back to Reading Station, uh, we're probably saying things like, "Well, we'd have taken a point before the game, so it's not too bad."
3: Nice one, Gav. Um, Seb, do you want to go next?
5: Yeah, so mine is pretty much the exact same, same point in time. So I'm going back to the 27th of January, 2005. We're strutting along nicely in the... Uh, in, in the automatic. We're,
3: we're watching a nice... Along nicely.
5: Strut, strutting along nicely okay, we're in the automatic nicely. promotion places. And we signed quite a coup at the time, I thought. David Unsworth on loan. You know, the left back or left centre back, you can play as well. On loan at, um, uh, from Everton at the time. And I thought, that's a really, really good coup. And happy days. Delighted with that. But... Crucially, it was in the day of 93-day loans. Do you remember those before when you you could do stuff outside of windows and stuff? It was a 93-day loan, and it didn't cover the playoffs. So we finished third, as we all know. We draw with Brighton on the last day of the season. We finished third, and Unsworth is not eligible to play in the West Ham games, which means that Wilness, who's been right back most of the season, gets shuffled across to the left-back position at Upton Park, and Drissa Diallo comes in on the right-hand side. Now, I was certainly there. I'm sure you were there as well. We went together, didn't we, to the West Ham away? I'm sure we were both there. And Matty Etherington absolutely destroyed of Diallo for the whole of the first half. Both goals, the goals for Harewood and the goal for Zamora, come down that side as he skins him time and time again. And then at half time, Joe Royal subs him, doesn't he, and brings on Matt Richards and puts Willness back onto the right-hand side. We claw it back. We get back to 2-2, and we're thinking, okay, we've dodged a bit of a bullet there. Happy days. We'll see what happens in the second leg. But again, in the second leg, the, the, the our left-hand side is a, is a real, real problem, isn't it? Harewood puts that floated ball across for Zamora to sort of, you know, mid-volley it past Kelvin Davis. And then Matt Richards gets turned for – that was the second goal. The first goal, Matt Richards gets turned on the uh, edge of the area and they score. And yeah, not having Unsworth in that position, I think, was absolutely crucial because his experience, his strength, his know-how, he was solid throughout. You know, we had a really, really good record in terms of clean sheets and goals conceded with him in the side it was a really really big miss and i think if he'd have played both those west ham games we would have beaten them because we had the momentum from the first leg where we clawed it back and we were all ready to go and the, the second leg there was one darren curry shot wasn't there which jimmy walker kind of spills and messes up a little bit i remember a through ball to Bowditch as well which he i think he put it wide but we never really got going and i think if unsworth had played both those games we had a real real chance that year
3: yeah, yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I'm, I'm going to go for the uh, hat-trick ball of oh four oh five, which frankly is the last time we've got anywhere close, really, um, to going up. And and I'm going to talk about two games. I'll, I'll focus on one, but two games where David Unsworth did play and it made no odds whatsoever um, were the defeats um, on the 22nd of Feb and then a few days later on the 26th of Feb to QPR at home, the 2-1 defeat to Watford the 2-0 defeat to QPR, which just took the wind out of ourselves. If we'd beaten Watford um, on the 22nd of Feb, we would have um, had the chance to go six points clear at the top of the table. And it just took the stuffing out of us. We didn't turn up. I know Watford were a bit of a... I think that might have started the Watford hoodoo, but QPR as well. Ne- neither team particularly solid. I don't think either of them were troubling the playoff positions or anything like that. So both were surprise defeats but the manner of the performances and then it was followed up with the Wigan defeat which I guess is not a, necessarily a surprise and we, we've we kind of the rule is the coochie injury is taken out of we, yeah. we weren't allowed to go for that because that's just too obvious Um but those two defeats kind of took us from top spot or an opportunity to build a gap at top spot to the point where it was only going to be playoffs and then we lose the points to Wigan so I think in that situation if we don't lose those matches, I think we get automatic. We might not win the title, but I think we get second at worst. And I think, yeah, Unsworth was playing in those games, Seb, so I'm not sure what you would make of that. But anyway, it's not us who gets to decide. You've heard from um, Gav about Reading and um, relinquishing a 90th-minute winner to Eva Ingemar and you've heard about not securing David Unsworth and not being able to secure David Unsworth longer than 90 days and the defeats to Watford in QPR in quick succession give us your thoughts we'll do the usual Twitter poll and we'll see who's uh, where in the league table um, come next week um, so yeah get involved in the vote and we'll play Aqua once more <laughs> I got a tweet from someone this week saying that this is too depressing a feature. Um, so I know you're joking about me kind of pulling the plug on it, Seb, but I do think we might need to find something a little bit more. And Room 101 kind of had a negative tone to it as well. So maybe we, we need to. Uh, we could do we a section
5: of our favorite games or something. Couldn't yeah. We? Our we'll favorite we away them, days or something like more, that. We'll do
3: more positive feature to finish the season with, but nevertheless, sliding doors is here for a bit longer to go. Um, that's your lot. Thank you if you've made it this far for joining in. Um, thank you to Seb for all your research. Um, Gav, thank you for joining us as well. Good luck to all you and Turnstile Blues team. Um, just remind us where you'll be and what we need to do to get the next edition.
4: We will be at Portman Road on Saturday before the game against Burton Albion. We'll be all around the ground, but uh, by Sir Ralph's statue is a good place to find us. If you are in the Greyhound uh, before we head down the hill with the fanzines, then come and grab a copy there. Um, if you can't get hold of a copy, look for our social medias and see if you can get hold of one of the small number of copies that is available for sale on eBay for just £1. £1. Pound.
3: You can't buy anything for a pound. These days, not even a chomp or a finger of fudge. So, um, yeah, I'm going to support turns up It's great, um, independent fanzine, um, guys working really hard to, go, um, to create, um, great stuff for us to read, um, and insightful stuff, challenging stuff. So, um, always, always an excellent read. Um, and um, go to the Greyhound as well. Gav mentioned it. Um, the best pre-match pub in Ipswich, um, according to the three of us. And we've got some expertise in this field, so I think I think you can put some credence in in that suggestion. Um, do get involved um, with the flagship show on Monday, um, and um, we'll be talking about Morecambe next week as well. Um, my first away day of the season. So, um, Seb, are you okay to say goodbye to everyone? Um, Gav will say goodbye to you. Thank you for, thank you again for joining us. And Seb will let you say the final word.
5: Yeah, massive thank you to Gav for joining us. Everyone get to the Greyhound. Everyone buy a copy of the Turnstile Blues and come on you blues. <laughs>
1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping. But in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points.